stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm actually going to go solo to discuss a topic we haven't had to talk about in just about two years, and that's how to invest during a stock market correction. Yes, you knew it was coming. Um, Corrections or the sell-offs, these are normal in all types of markets, even in bulls. But um, the market conditions we had in 2017, where there wasn't even a 3% decline in the major indexes, you know, those perfect conditions I've been talking about, that wasn't really normal. That was basically abnormal. The U.S. stock market hadn't seen those conditions since about 1995. So it was over 20 years, which most of us don't remember back that far. And many of us probably weren't even investing that long ago. Uh, to remember these kind of conditions, both 95 and 2017 had this low volatility type of market and dozens of record highs on the S&P 500. So they were very similar looking years. So what happens after that volatility returns? We can look back to the 90s to kind of see what was going on, because as I said, 1995 was a very similar type of year to 2017. And um, it's good to look at 96 and then the later 90s for the historical context, even though um, many of us remember it being super hot at the end in the 90s there. But um, it was a little more volatile than you might think. So 1995, that was the low volatility, tons of record highs. The S&P was up 37.6% that year. So super hot. 96 was 22.9, 97, 33.4, 1998, 28.6, and then 99, 21% before finally you had uh, it cool off in 2000. But these are kind of the numbers many of us remember, like, oh, we owned back then and we only got rich. Um, But there was a lot more volatility within those years than just what those numbers are portraying. So, for example, in December 1996, as 96 was turning out to be another strong year after that great year in 95, Alan Greenspan, the Federal Reserve chairman, gave a now infamous speech. It wasn't before Congress, but it was um, somewhere else where he basically tried to walk the markets down a bit, um, tried to cool them off, which he admitted to later. And this was the speech where he talked about irrational exuberance. Um, So those are the words that got pulled out of what I think was about a 45-minute long speech, these words, irrational exuberance, and that maybe assets had got a little uh, overvalued and people were getting a little bit beyond what the fundamentals were saying. That night after he gave the speech and like word leaked out about it, because you got to remember in 96, uh, Internet was just kind of starting and around. There was no Twitter or Facebook or anything. So word spread, but not quite as quickly. But it did spread by that evening about what he said. I think his remarks were probably released to the press at that point, obviously. And stocks fell overnight. And then I took a look at to see what they did for that December. So they were a little weak that December after he gave the speech at the beginning of the month. 
And the S&P fell about 3% for the month, but it didn't stop the bulls, as I said, because overall returns for 1996 were almost 23% on the S&P. So it uh, momentarily brought some volatility into that market. And then it resumed its bull run. Now, there were other big corrections during these late 1990 bull years that you might not remember either. So in the summer of 1998, there was a couple things going on. There was the star special investigation of Bill Clinton, of the president there. You might remember that. And that would eventually lead to an impeachment trial And then at the same time or right around the same time as all that was going on, there was the blow up of the long term capital management fund, which had to be bailed out. It it sounds like kind of um, lame now when you when you think of the numbers involved, because it was a couple billion dollars only. But back then, that was a big amount. And 16 big banks had to bail out this this fund. And um, that created, spooked the market at that time as well. So from July 17th, 1998 to October 8th, 1998, um, and I chose October 8th because the long-term capital management was bailed out in September there. So I went a little beyond the bailout. The S&P 500 was down 16.9% in that time period. So that's not very long. That's like almost three months, basically. You had almost a 17% pullback. And at one point, S&P was down 19.4. So almost a bull market if you are calling 20%, I mean, almost a bear market if you're calling 20% um, the bear, which most people do. So in the midst of what we now remember as this crazy, super bullish, hot market, you had a correction of nearly bear market territory of 19.4%. And that year in 1998, as I just gave you, the S&P 500 still finished up 28.6%. So yeah, it was real hot, but you had this big sell-off and then it resumed um, going up to the end of the year there. So um, I'm just pointing out some of these historical moves as a reminder of what can happen when you get a correction and that corrections are normal, even in bull markets, they're normal and not to panic, of course. So um, not every stock market correction, though, sees this kind of immediate turnaround. And one of the ones uh, I also want to talk about is one you may remember because it happened just seven years ago in August of 2018. Uh, 2011. That was the last time the major indexes suddenly plunged like we've been seeing here in 2018. Now, the S&P was down about 10% that August, starting at the beginning of August. So by August 9th, it was down 10%. It was a pretty quick, swift correction like we're seeing here in February 2018. And it did finish August down 12.8%. So then I went to look and see, because I know it rebounded off those lows. And I know a lot of the insiders at these companies thought it was too much, too quick. And it was totally overdone because just basically everything was sold. It didn't matter what area of the market was in, similar to what we're seeing right now. And... Um, We did have a rebound there, and insiders were betting that things weren't as bad as it appeared. 
And we finished up the year that year, not as good as the 90s, but the S&P 500 did finish in the green, but only up by 2%. It was fairly weak for the rest of the year. Um, It actually finished up just 0.3% after that August uh, downturn began. So, uh, but you had a rebound in 2012 after this kind of little mini um, correction here. So here we are in 2018 with only these guides to history here to help us. But as an investor, there should be some strategies that you have if you didn't already have one for when there's corrections. Um, maybe now's a good time to get one. Um, but these are for investors and not traders, not active traders who are actually trading the moves of the market, you know, daily or hourly or minute by the minute or second. And these are basically to help you navigate these kinds of sell-offs. So the first type of strategy is the most basic, and that is to do nothing. (laughs) Now, that sounds kind of crazy, I know, but um, really sometimes that's the best strategy when you have these kind of corrections. So stocks are off 10%, meh, who cares? If you're a long-term investor, this will be in your review mirror in a year or so because how many remember the January 2016 sell-off? That was recent. That was just two years ago. S&P 500 was down 9.1% by February 11th of that year. So almost 10% there. And the small caps, the Russells were down even more. I think it was about 12%. That was pretty scary in January and February of 2016, but none of us remember it. It was only two years ago. So the first strategy, do nothing. The second strategy, some of you may like this one better, and that's to buy more, buy more stocks. You know the old saying that when there's blood on the streets, this is when you buy. So if you have that longer term horizon, some stocks did just recently go on sale. And I'm going to talk about those in a minute. I'm going to give you some ideas of some of the ones I saw that have gone on sale that you might want to consider. So if you have a strong stomach and you have some guts to wade in there, even if this isn't the bottom of the sell-off or correction yet, um, because not anybody really knows when the bottom is the bottom, um, then buying something here might be your strategy. And then a third strategy, which I don't really endorse, but I am putting it out there because I know some of you may want to do it, is to just sell and get out. Like that is a strategy. But if you're a longer term investor, um, you know, I don't really see why this is a strategy. So if a 10% correction spooks you this much or you can't sleep at night or you have other anxiety when there's this kind of correction, and I understand people who lived through, as I did, the 2008-2009 bear market, um, you get spooked when we have these kinds of corrections. But if that's true, then maybe you need to think about your investment strategy altogether and get with an investment advisor to figure out what you can be invested in where you're not freaking out because that's never good either. And there's plenty of ways to make money and maybe stocks are not for you if it's giving you that much anxiety. So this kind of strategy is basically um, one where you have to look you know, at yourself and figure out what might work best for you. But um, as an investor myself, of course, I don't really recommend that third strategy. Um, But let's say you want to buy some stocks. Let's say you wanted to do strategy number two. What has gone on sale? So I looked around 
on Zax.com, I basically went to the um, Zach's number one rank listing that we have on there to see who has the number one ranks. Those are the strong buys. That means, you know, rising earnings estimates most likely. Usually it does. The analysts like something that's going on there and those estimates are rising. And um, I I picked out some that I thought, eh, maybe they got sold off. And yes, sure enough, I found quite a few that yes, did get so- sold off. So I picked some in a whole bunch of different sectors because this kind of sell-off does give you deals or bargains in a whole bunch of areas. So why not look at for diverse holdings? And sure enough, we found some. So the first stock is Lumber Liquidators. The ticker is LL. They do flooring. And um, you might remember them from a couple years ago as the stock had a lot of difficulty after some of their flooring was exposed in a 60 Minutes show um, that was made in China. They stopped selling any of that years ago. They've retooled themselves. Things are looking up, especially now in this kind of economy. People are remodeling their homes and flooring is really hot. So... Um, I took a look here. It hasn't reported earnings yet, so that's something to keep in mind um, to watch this earnings report. But the shares are down 15% year-to-date now, so that's a pretty significant pullback. They're expected to lose $1.33 in 2017, but next year they're supposed to make $0.83. That's earnings growth of 167%. Revenues expected to be up 7.4%. So if you're interested in the home remodeling area, Lumber Liquidators' is, um, stock has gone on sale. Number two is also in the home area, and almost all the home builders have sold off. I used to own KB Home in the value investor portfolio, and we sold that to lock in our big gain from last year. This was basically one of the top sectors of 2017, all these shares soared of the home builders, and now they're being sold off. So if you missed out, in 2017, and you still like the sector, this is an area to look at. And the one I picked was DR Horton, tickers DHI. Shares are down 10, a little over 10% year to date now. Um, earnings, earnings expected to be up about 30% in fiscal 2018, revenues up almost 15%, and PE of just 12.6. So cheap, and um, the shares are down a bit here. So this is one area to look at. People are nervous about rising mortgage rates. That's one of the reasons these are also down. But if you liked it before, you might want to check it out again. Third stock is a bank. All the banks have sold off here. Some of it is on um, Wells Fargo, but that was you know Federal Reserve-specific action they took against Wells. And then just everybody selling this whole sector, basically, especially the big banks. So the third one is JP Morgan, ticker JPM. Year-to-date, it's now up just 2%, uh, but that's well off of its highs from a couple weeks ago. PE is 12.3, so still cheap. Earnings expected to be up 28.8%, which is huge, but a lot of that is from the tax reform. But rising rates should really help JP Morgan this year in 2018 and a lot of the other big banks. So I just chose this one because I'm familiar with it. I own it in the value investor, but there are a lot of other names. And if you look at that Zach's number one rank, actually this one's a number two right now, but if you look at the Zach's number one rank list, there's a ton of banks on there, both 
the big ones, uh, big regional banks, and then a lot of the community banks. So um, take your pick. Go go look at those. But a lot of those have pulled back from their highs as well. Uh, the third stock is one of the equipment manufacturers or rental, uh, I shouldn't say manufacturers, equipment rental companies. So this one is H&E Equipment Services, ticker is H-E-E-S, and it's really a play on the global or the U.S. economy and um, construction and what's going on with um, big ticket construction of like casinos and hotels and things like that, as well as infrastructure if we get an infrastructure plan. But there's already infrastructure being done, um, usually at all times. Uh, and under the Obama administration, under, under the highway bill, a lot of money was already allocated that is now uh, being used. And then you just have the private sector and what they're building in terms of even like big data centers, these new um, headquarters, the second headquarters for pl places like Amazon. This all has to be mostly built. So I like these kinds of companies a lot, these equipment rental companies. These shares are down 6.3% year-to-date. Um, they haven't reported fourth quarter yet, so we're still waiting on that to hear basically how 2017 was, but looking forward to 2018. It's not super cheap yet, P of 21, but um, I like this whole infrastructure play area. And then fourth, I looked at energy because these stocks were really up at the end of 2017. The earnings are turning around in the energy sector. Crude is back up over 60 and now they've been um, hit in the sell-off. So maybe it's time to take another look at the energy plays again. So this stock is EOG Resources. It's one of the big ENPs, ticker is EOG. And it's now down 1.5% year-to-date, which doesn't sound that bad. But it had been up as much as 8% already in 2018. So it's a nice little pullback here. It hasn't reported earnings yet. It's going at the end of February. But earnings growth expected to be 252% in 2018 because, again, those crude prices rising is really turning around the earnings for a lot of these EMPs. Now, there are a lot of EMPs on the number one list right now. So this isn't the only one. You can go over there and check out. I think there were like five to ten of them at least. And some of the bigger um, EMPs are on there like EOG. Um, Occidental is on there. And I didn't see any of the um, the big integrateds, but some of those had a little bit more disappointing earnings and missed on earnings, some of them. So I think those earnings are actually being adjusted downward a bit. So they're not going to be the number ones right now, but um, the exploration guys are. So if you're interested in that area, go check out the number one list because you'll find a whole bunch over there. And then the fifth companies on the tech side, it's been cheap for forever. And it had actually been selling off quite strongly um, until it just recently announced that it's raising second quarter guidance. So this is Micron, tickers MU. So shares were down about 10% before they announced they were raising Q2 guidance. They're still down about 3% year to date. So it's getting a boost. But everybody thinks the story is going to end. So far, it's not. This is the memory chip. Uh, maker, the pricing stays really, it's staying strong right now, but people think by the end of the year, it might not be. But um, that's why these shares are a little weak. Dirt cheap stock, it's trading with the forward PE now of just four, four times. 
That's like almost insane. They're almost giving it away. Um, but yeah, they raised revenue guidance pretty sharply as long as well as earnings guidance for Q2. Um, and they're one of the ones who reports kind of off season, or you might want to say like really early for the next season. So they reported in December. And um, so that was almost two months ago now. And that's why they're reporting these good numbers now to kind of let it be known that so far their cycle is not ending. So that's just five of the names that I found. Um, when you get these big, you know, sharp, sudden sell-offs like this, like we did in August 2011, a similar thing, you get some immediate deals because everybody's just fleeing everything and they don't really care what it is and... That's a good time to, to kind of look around to see what has gone on sale, what you might want to add to your portfolio. It is hard. I'm not saying it's easy, especially if we have further downturn. But uh, for some of you with a stronger stomach or who just really liked some of these areas before and were kind of waiting, and I know many of you were, now could be your chance. So take a look. Take a look out there for companies with good, solid fundamentals and um, maybe add to some of your positions. So let me recap those again. They were Lumber Liquidators, LL, DR Horton, DHI, JP Morgan, JPM, H&E Equipment Services, HEES, EOG Resources on the energy side, EOG, and Micron, once again, I think they're one of my, my all-time all-stars on these podcasts recently, Micron at MU. So be sure to tune in to all of our Zach's Market Edge um, shows. Normally, I'm here with one of my colleagues, and I will be joined again by one of them because there's a lot going on right now, and I'm trying to cover everything with this correction and trying to give you guys some ideas of areas that... Um, could be good investments right now. So we'll be covering all of that in the weeks to come. Be sure to subscribe on SoundCloud um, or on Apple Podcasts, either one. You can get all of the podcasts over there so you don't miss an episode. And I'll see you again next time. <laughs>